Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Can you picture yourself talking to a college student on a campus about life? (laughs) Can you imagine what it's like to confront someone who has spent their entire career in school learning that life isn't really important, abortion is the thing that we want to talk about? Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm so glad you're with us today. My name's Jill Taylor. I'm your host, and we welcome our guest, Caitlin Donahue, who's with Justice for All. It's an organization that prepares young adults and maybe old to balance truth and love in every conversation that they have concerning life. Now, the trick is where you are, who you're talking to, and how hot the topic is. Is that right? I mean, I could probably talk to my next-door neighbor about it, but talking the way you do with students on campuses. Tell me a little bit of how that feels and how you go about it. Well, as you can imagine, I think this issue is very contentious. It draws a lot of anger and frustration from a lot of people. But we've learned that if we use what we call the three essential skills, we can have good conversations with even the most frustrated students on college campuses. A few years back, I had a student come up to our display, and he was so frustrated. He I asked him, hey, do you have thoughts on this issue? And he looked at me and he said, I have thoughts. I disagree with you about everything, but I'm so glad you're out here because I'm mad today and I want to fight. Now, honestly, I did not want to keep talking to him. I was a little intimidated by his demeanor, but I continued in that conversation and we actually talked for about 45 minutes. And at the end of 45 minutes, he looked at me and he said, I'm so thankful for this conversation you know, you were really calm and you kept this conversation friendly. Thank you for talking with me. And we found that that kind of turnaround can happen in a lot of conversations if we use what we call at Justice for All the three essential skills. And those three skills are listening to understand, asking questions with an open heart, and finding common ground when possible. And so a student like that who's frustrated and angry with me, if I find common ground with him, often that anger kind of goes away as we continue talking. So for him, I I said to him, you know, I I just, I don't think we disagree about everything. I actually think we agree about a lot of things. For example, we both care about women. We both care about children. And we both care about people who are suffering. Neither of us wants anyone to suffer. In fact, we have all of this common ground. And I think the question we disagree about is just this one little question of what is the unborn? Because if the unborn isn't a valuable human being and abortion doesn't kill a valuable human being, then I think your position makes tons of sense and abortion should be legal. But if the unborn is a valuable human being and abortion actually takes the life of a human being, then even though I agree with you that there are some really difficult situations that women find themselves in, I don't think those situations can justify taking the life of a human being. What do you think about that question? Do you think the unborn is a human being? And we went on to talk about that question for 45 minutes listening to understand and asking questions with an open heart and finding common ground when possible allowed me to understand his perspective and really changed his perspective on on our conversation. I'm sitting here looking at a very young woman who is quite attractive, could be doing all sorts of things 
and yet you are taking a debate issue that is extremely hot these days, and you're taking it to the campuses where most students have grown up hearing a very different message. How does that feel when you step on that campus? Is it invigorating and you're excited, or do you pray your way through to the first person? Tell me how you manage that. I am a very, um, very much an introvert. And growing up, I definitely avoided confrontation. And so when I came on staff with Justice for All, it was very overwhelming to walk onto a college campus and have these kinds of conversations with students who were frustrated and angry with us. And so it very much was a learning curve. And I spent a lot of time praying and begging God to give me courage. But I think my story is an example to me and an example to other people that we that conversation is something you can get better at. You don't have to say, well, I'm not good at this, and therefore I can't have conversations with people who disagree with me. It's a skill you can learn. So even if you don't feel naturally gifted toward having difficult conversations, you can actually learn how to have good conversations and life-changing conversations. And that helps in all areas of our life. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm sure that there are spouses who would like us to reach things at a different level when we're talking. So learning how to do that is an essential skill. This is so interesting. You graduated from college? I attended a little Bible college. A Bible college. Okay. And yet you came out and this is the career. How did you get attracted to Justice for All, which is you're referring to it as JFA, Justice for All. They're quite an organization, very well received in terms of nonprofits. So tell me a little bit, how did you find them? Yeah, so they actually came to the Bible college I attended and they did a training event for the student body. And so I, I loved the way they dealt with the issue. They were so uncompromising on truth, and yet they were so loving and gentle in their approach. And I was just really encouraged by the way they handled that. And so after I graduated, they were looking for an intern, and I was looking for a ministry to get involved in. And so I interned with them and then came on staff. Well, on staff, you have created a really interesting booklet that gives excellent information on literally how to do this. Is that booklet available to our listener by any chance? Yes, all of our resources are available on our website. It's jfaweb.org, jfaweb.org. And all of our resources are on our website for free, both digital or you can request them and we'll mail them to you. We'll put your website up on our site so that others can involve themselves as they wish. But this booklet that you've created, uh, <laughs> Kindling Affection for the Forgotten, Beginning with Women in Distress, the Smallest Humans on Earth, and Those Who Differ in Appearance or Belief. That's a powerful statement that you have on the back of an incredibly helpful booklet that's called Bridge to Healing, A Practical Guide for Helping Women with Abortion in Their Past. Caitlin, that's quite an accomplishment. Was it a lot of work for you, or do you feel like that was something that was very natural to produce? Throughout the course of doing training events at, at Justice for All, we teach Christians how to talk about abortion in a way that's loving and persuasive. So I've spoken at churches and Bible study groups, youth groups, teaching people, how do you talk about this issue? And over the course of doing these training events, over and over again, I would have people come up to me at the end and say, 
you know, Caitlin, I have a friend who has an abortion in her past and she's really hurting. I have a family member who's really hurting from an abortion in her past. And I really feel like I want to reach out to her, but I'm really afraid of reaching out to her because I don't want to add to her pain. And that question just kept coming up over and over again. And, you know, I knew about wonderful resources for women and men hurting after abortion, but the question really became, how do I reach out to them and help them to maybe make use of that resource or even know that it exists? And I didn't have any good answers. And so I began just reaching out to women that I knew who were post-abortive but had also found healing and just asking them that question, what can we do that's helpful? What do we do that's not helpful? How can we better reach out to women like you who are hurting? And so that resource is really just those interviews from women talking about what is helpful and what's not helpful. Well, you mentioned something there, their actual interviews. Share with our listener about this opportunity for this 25-page guide that allows me, and I mean me, (laughs) to talk about abortion, as well as that person that's listening with us, about women's experiences. That's a real emotional issue. Their regrets and their strong opinions of its necessity. Even Christians sitting in our very strong churches can come up with an argument for why it was necessary. She's way too young. We could not let her have a child now. She's not really involved with that man anymore. This would be disaster. All sorts of things that come out of a person's mouth that really don't have anything to do with Scripture or God speaking into them. And yet that child is a gift from God for whatever reason. Yeah, so that resource um, is really focused mostly on how do you reach out to a woman who's post-abortive, but we also have resources for dealing with all of those objections that we hear every day in favor of legalizing or keeping abortion legal. We have resources to, to equip Christians to deal with all of those things. And I think that's an important piece, too, that we sometimes just yield to the law and say, well, it's legal. So I might as well let my daughter do it, or I might as well do it myself. And the reality is there have always been laws that we had that were legal, but that were very unchristian and very unfair. And when we come right back, we're going to have a little role play and teach you how to respond to these difficult situations right here on Choose Life Radio. Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. We are a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gift today helps educate hearts and minds on God's wondrous provision of life. If you'd like to send a generous gift and help us continue broadcasting on this station, you can visit our website, chooseliferadio.com. You can give online, or if you're more comfortable, simply mail us a check. Our P.O. box is listed on the website. And remember, all of our past broadcasts are available to you as podcasts in our archive section. So meet up with us today at chooseliferadio.com. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor here, your host, and I want to encourage you, if you missed any of this interview with Caitlin Donahue, she's just been a fantastic teacher, and we're going to learn more from her. If you have missed any of it, please, I encourage you to go to chooseliferadio.com, listen to our podcast. This will be up on our podcast And you will want to share it, I'm guaranteeing you, with someone else who's frustrated with not knowing how to address this topic. 
Caitlin Donahue, I want to pretend that I am a radical pro-choice person, and I want you to just respond to my ugly comments. This is for our listener to listen to how she responds to me. You know, I don't have any idea why you think you have a right to come on this campus and talk to me about something that I already know. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous that you force a woman to have a baby, to carry a baby, when she doesn't want to. Why in the world would you be here talking about this? You know, it sounds like you're really passionate about women's rights, and I'm definitely on the same page with you that I think women are really important and their rights are really important. So I understand why you're concerned And I think we have a lot of common ground about just the value of women. Well, sure. Women are valuable, of course. But you're forcing them to have a child if you're pro-life. You're saying you have to have that child. Yeah, well, I'm curious. Do you think that the unborn is a human being? Hmm. Well, it can be if it's given enough time. If it's born, it's not if it's just cells. Yeah. And at what point do you think it becomes a human being? Do you think it becomes a human being at birth? No, no, it's not a human being until until you feel a heartbeat or until actually it's considered by that woman to be moving around and you feel it's alive. That's probably too late to end it. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So when you say it's maybe not a human being at that point, do you mean biologically that it's not a human being? Or are you saying that Well, maybe it's biologically human, but it's not the kind of human being that deserves rights and value yet. Well, that's confusing to me, because how does it have a personality or anything? It's still in the womb. It's still being formed. It looks like crazy. If you see pictures of a baby in the womb, it doesn't look like a baby. I mean, it's not even really looking like a person yet. Yeah, well, I agree with you that it doesn't look like kind of what we think of when we think of a human being. Can I ask you what's going to sound kind of like a weird question, but do you agree that all the people, you know, maybe walking around this campus deserve equal rights, at least in the basic right to life? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm definitely on the same page with you there. Now, if we all deserve equal rights, that actually demands that there's something equal about us that would be the foundation for our rights. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, so what's the thing that would be the foundation for our rights? Um, our Constitution, our civil rights that we have. So I agree, like our Constitution protects our rights, but it seems like people, you know, in other countries that aren't protected by our Constitution also have that equal right to life. Would you agree with me? Yes, I would. Everybody okay. should have that. Yeah, so what's the thing that is the same about us that's the foundation for our rights? That we're people. That we're all human, right? We're human. Yeah, I yeah. would agree with you. So if if the thing that's the same about us that grounds our equal rights and that demands that we all have those equal rights is that we're human, we actually have to include every human being in the group that we give equal rights to. The second we remove any human being from that group, we actually break the foundation that we stand upon to demand our own rights. So that means there's a really important question, and that question is, is the unborn also a human being? Because if they're biologically the same kind of human being that we are, then we'd have to give them equal rights too. The second we exclude them, we actually, as women, can't demand equal rights to men because we demand equal rights to men based on the fact that we're equally human. Wow, that's that's really interesting. So obviously, if an animal is carrying 
like a dog is carrying a, a dog or a litter of dogs, they're not human. doesn't matter when they were conceived, and it doesn't matter what they look like as they're going along. But you're saying with humans, we have to take that same picture. We have to say from conception, it's a human. It's not going to grow up to be a dog. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Caitlin, you did a really good job with that. What does the person who is trying to learn this, how do they go about really learning it? Because it's one thing to hear you with those great responses. It's another thing to kind of get frozen when you hear someone come back in your face with, come on, everybody has their rights and you don't get to tell me what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And that is why at Justice for All, one of our passions is equipping Christians to really know how to talk about this issue because it is a difficult issue to talk about. And so we put on training events all over the country where we teach Christians how to have these conversations. And if you can't get to one of our in-person training events, we also do interactive training events over Zoom. And so if someone wants to be equipped in this way, we'd encourage them to go to our website and sign up for a training event. And that's jfaweb.org. And we'll put that again on our website. Caitlin, when you talk to women and men, do you bring the focus of the absence of somebody that was aborted? Do you talk at all about the fact that we're surrounded by people who might have had a brother or an uncle or an aunt, but we don't even know about them because in the secret sea of abortion, they're gone. Yeah, I think it's really important for us to recognize how common abortion is and how many men and women in our lives may have lost a child to abortion. I've talked to so many women who have shared stories with me. One woman talked about being at church and it was a ladies' luncheon, and they were, you know, they had their little plates of food, and they were chatting. And one lady said, you know, I just can't believe that anyone would get an abortion. And this woman had an abortion in her past, and she said, in that moment, she just wanted to run. She just wanted to leave. And she said, if that had been my first time at that church, I would have left, and I never would have come back. And so I think it's important for us to recognize how common it is and how many men and women in our lives are post-abortive so that we can talk about this in a compassionate way. Because, you know, so often we might just assume, oh, there's no way this person I'm talking to has had an abortion. But we don't know that. We really can't know that. And so it's important that we talk about this issue always in a compassionate way. Can I ask a question about the difference between speaking to students on a campus or standing in front of an abortion clinic with signs. Tell me the difference in those approaches. Yeah. So at Justice for All, we kind of use the image of a waterfall to kind of think about this. So if you imagine a waterfall, you know, where people are maybe falling over the edge of the waterfall, standing outside of an abortion clinic is as if we're standing right on the edge of that waterfall and we're trying to pull people out of the water right before they go over the edge. And at Justice for All, when we're on a college campus, It's almost like we've gone upstream. We're trying to drag people out of the water before they get to the brink of the waterfall. And so it's a little bit different in that if you're right outside of an abortion clinic, you're talking to people who are in crisis mode and their decision is right in front of them. They're making it right now. Whereas on a college campus, a lot of times we're talking to people for whom it's a little bit of a hypothetical and maybe down the road 
they'll be in a crisis pregnancy, but they're not right now. And that aids them in being able to think a little bit more clearly about it. When you're using that image of the waterfall, I think of the rocks that are below and the immediate impact of pain when you hit those rocks. And I believe that that also is a good illustration for, I can help you here, but when you get here, you're going <laughs> to... You're going to have so much pressure pushing you, and it's going to hurt afterwards. Because I don't know, I haven't talked to many women who are really sensitive to what's taken place that don't wonder, was that a girl? Was that a boy? Could I have handled it? Did my boyfriend come back to me, and would it have made us whole? Now we're broken. There's so many what-ifs that follow abortion. Do you find yourself talking to women who have had abortions and begin to really open up and share their pain? Yeah, I talk to a lot of women who have abortion in their past, a lot of men as well, who are hurting because their wife or girlfriend got an abortion. And the pain is really deep and lasting. It's really tragic. And an interesting thing is that men may not enter into this conversation when they are the ones that are the father of that child that's in the womb. <laughs> What's the sense of that? Yeah, I think it really depends on, like, a lot of men have a lot of different stories. There are some men that we've talked to who pleaded with their girlfriend not to get an abortion. Others really were silent and just tried to give her the room to choose. Other men didn't even know about the abortion. And other men pressured their wife or girlfriend to get the abortion only to find out afterwards that they really regret that and they're hurting from it. So just like women, men have a lot of different stories, but it, it affects them in a lot of similar ways and brings a lot of pain. If a person wants the information but doesn't necessarily want to be a person that's going on campus, can they actually get a one-on-one -on -one interview with someone that would really help them as this has helped me. Sitting here with you has helped me better understand how to hold my opinion and be soft and listening and feel what they're feeling and then take a deep breath and ask God to help me respond in a loving and kind way. But that's sitting here with you and seeing your adorable face and knowing that you are so well trained you can help me. Do you feel that there is someone listening to us today who might want that one-on-one -on -one training? Can they get that from jfaweb.org? Yeah, a lot of our training is not one-on-one, -on -one, but it's small groups. If someone really needed one-on-one -on -one mentoring, we probably would work with them to get them that. But we find the small group mentoring is really helpful to a lot of people, too, because they can kind of grow together. You know, this person might ask a question that this other person didn't think of, but suddenly they hear it and they're like, oh, I want to know the answer to that too. And so we do try to make it very small and personable. Do you um, do church groups ever? Do. Do, you, do you do training in a church? And, a, and so a pastor who wants their congregation to be prepared for this issue could have a class in their church Absolutely. for their congregants. Hmm. 
I hope we planted a great idea there. I think that's a wonderful idea, actually, to be in communion with the people that you worship with and finding a way to value life and help others value life. And I would imagine many of those people would come to Christ at some point. Yeah, yeah it is a beautiful open door that I believe we as the, the church have to reach into people's lives who are really facing crisis, and we can give them hope around their unplanned pregnancy And often that leads to being able to share the gospel. And at JFA, we've seen that so many times where people have chosen to keep their baby and then through being loved on by the local church and the Christians that surround them in the midst of that decision, they've also come to know the Lord. We have been enjoying a wonderful conversation with Caitlin Donahue, and she is a representative of JFA Justice for All. You can get information from their website. And again, we will put that on our website so you can involve yourself there. And also, they need support as well, financial support, so that they can train people like Caitlin and that they can be on campuses and be literally the truth. Thank you for being with us, Caitlin. It's been a joy to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you drove a ways to get here, so I am grateful for that. <laughs> and I'm grateful for our listener who who was with us today. I just pray that you felt very included in this conversation because it's an intimate conversation and that you will be able to take this information and use it, share it, and uh, that there will be more lives saved because of what we did today here in this studio. You can certainly contact me personally at chooseliferadio.com. I'd love to hear from you and find out what you thought of our talk today. It's something that I hope you and I can actually dialogue about on our website, chooseliferadio.com. Leave me a message. Let me know how this impacted you and share it with others. That's the greatest gift is sharing Christ and sharing messages of life. I'm Jill Taylor, your host, and I will look forward to seeing you next week on Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.